On this episode of the AIE Podcast... The tickets are half gone. The force is heating up. Someone's looking for a fight. The nomads are all over the place. And we have Stu here to talk about space battles with AIE in EVE Online. All that and more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the AIE Podcast episode 191B, the Die Has Been Podcast, broadcasting from beautiful Northern California. This is Gomez Hey Hey Party People, and coming at us from the Deep South out in Central Alabama is Accuzod. Greetings. This is Accuzod B. <laughs> so, if you don't know why it's 191B, you'll have to come to the live show. Because otherwise you'll never know. No, we just had some technical problems. Apparently the video and audio were way out of sync and it was driving people kind of crazy. So we reset things. We're starting again and we're going. The people who people who tuned in live got quite a treat, but I am once again wearing pants. So the rest of you can well, relax. So Sorry. he claims, uh, you know, uh, it's, <laughs> but Zod, what has been going on with you in the past week? I know you have been working crazy time. Our oh, yeah. madness. <laughs> It's been worth it. I've actually, uh, one of my development projects at work has reached the point where I'm a little bit behind and had to start doing the 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. shift again in order to, to catch up. But made a major breakthrough yesterday. I got knocked out a week's worth of features in one day. I feel really awesome about oh, nice. that, which means I, I get to sleep this weekend, which is great. Um, other than that, got a little bit of game time in on Heroes of the Storm. Had some fun. I love the Witch Doctor, by the way. If you're playing Heroes, you've got to play the Witch Doctor. He is awesome. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I had to miss a call. I had to miss my uh, AIE raids in World of Warcraft with Furt. I feel horrible about that. And there's luckily one tonight. And I hope I get to make it. Whew. So that's me. What have you been up to this week? So I did. I did the whole Disneyland thing last weekend. I think we walked 15 miles on Saturday, where it was uh, 90 degrees, which I could have dealt with it being. And of course, it was 10 degrees cooler on either side of that the day that we chose to go to Disneyland. But it was fun. It's okay. my friend's 40th birthday. Uh, it, you know, we stood in a lot of lines, but, uh, I, I'm super impressed. They redid star tours and apparently there's now 22 different, uh, stories that they tell in star tours, which is Holy kind of cow. crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, we only went on it once, but I know some of that went on it several times and, uh, yeah, it's the Disney definitely owns that now so they can <laughs> feel free to do whatever they would like with it. And no one can really say anything, but no, it was a really good time. I only got a tiny bit of sunburn where like my shirt rubbed off sunscreen. And so I felt that was a, cause you know, standing in the heat in Southern California all day, uh, did not really have any time for gaming simply because I got right back. We got back Monday evening, which was kind of a big nightmare. Uh, our flight kept getting delayed until the point they were like, you should rebook. There were no flights into San Jose. So we had to go into SFO. And so my bags went to San Jose and yeah, it was kind of a huge nightmare, but we got it. We got it settled. We got home. Uh, and then I'd been at work. So that's, that's kind of how things have been going. Uh, but this week we have Stu. Stu, what has been going on with you? We haven't heard from you in a while. I'm uh, glad to have you on the show. Ah, thanks for having me. Uh, well, I've been poking my head in Warframe now and again. Okay. Uh, and, uh, having some fun with that. Uh, that is about it. I've been kind of crazy busy between Eve work and work work. I, there's not much time left. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> okay, we'll be digging wow. into. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> Eve. Shortly, don't pour Make water down the windpipe. There, that's the wrong one. <laughs> so we'll be digging into Eve shortly. But first, let's cover this week's news. AIE news. Hey, AIE World of Warcraft members, are you going to BlizzCon? Were you lucky enough to get tickets yesterday? If not, you still have one more chance. The second and final round of tickets go on sale this weekend, Saturday, May 10th, at 10 p.m. Pacific. If Fortune doesn't smile on you, don't fret. We are working on plans for another AIE town hall at BlizzCon this year. Still a little up in the air. We're trying to get the, the, the money together, the plans together. So don't buy any airline tickets yet. But uh, even if you don't get to BlizzCon, if we do have the town hall, you're going to want to come out to it because it is absolutely awesome. Also, if you're really into the art and design that goes into the game, 
You're going to want to check out senior art director Chris Robinson's blog post from Tuesday where he shows off one of the new zones they're working on and explains some of the technologies and the hurdles they face in creating the world of Azeroth. It's absolutely beautiful and fascinating. You can find that post on the World of Warcraft website or we'll have a link in our show notes. So, from AIE in a galaxy far, far away, Kazrik has posted a link to a Bioware article that came out yesterday with details on the upcoming Summer of SWOTOR due to launch on June 10th, and includes a casino, bonus rewards for PvP matches, an overhaul to the group finder, and a and far too many other things to cover. It's probably, we're, we're linking to it in the show notes. Uh, it sounds like the forest will definitely be with you this summer. AIE, the secret world member, Dot Warner, and yes, that's exactly the character you're thinking about, <laughs> will be running a, the, the, you can tell by the icon in the signature block as well. Oh, okay, okay. Um, he or she will be running a PvP achievement farming event this weekend in the secret world. So if you're looking to get some notches on your PvP belt, the runs will take place immediately following their normally scheduled raids, which are Saturday at noon Pacific and Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific. So the PvP event will be right after that. You want to jump in, hang on, wait till they're done. Um, excuse me. They'll be doing uh, the Stonehenge achievements if enough people show up, or they'll be doing the Fight Club 10K player challenges if not enough people show up. Okay, so the AIE Nomads will start their roam into AIE Star Trek Online tomorrow. I actually, I lied. I did poke my head into Star Trek Online a little bit just because I was trying to decompress from the trip and I realized I have no idea what I'm doing in that game again. So I'm pondering making a level one character and going through like the beginning because I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is what I'm supposed to do. I never died, but I knew I could have been way more efficient. And one of my, the ship that I'm currently in has a blank spot where a person should be. And I don't know how to assign a person to that spot. So I, I was just like, Oh, I'm missing out on a whole bunch of things I could be doing to the Klingons and those around me. But yeah, that's uh. so Friday, May 9th, they'll be starting up captain Hunter and the rest of the AIE in star Trek online game are looking forward to greeting the wandering adventurers and have somehow talked perfect world into increasing the number of ship slots available to characters to celebrate. Yeah. That's how much pull we have. Okay, that's probably not true. But that's, you know, I'm just, you know, we're speculating. So uh, we probably had nothing to do with it, but it's true. There are more ship slots available. Starting today, every character will have two extra ship slots available to them. Unfortunately, we forgot to mention, I realized at the top of the show, that Aludra will not be joining us today. She's out on secret assignment. Yes, once again, secret. Wait, it was so secret we couldn't mention it. Yeah. This is what I was going to mention, that both of those ship slots have ships that will actually go forward. Both of them. So, <laughs> Aludra, are you are you are you paying attention here, Aludra? I know we know you're on a secret assignment, yeah. but you know. Yeah, I'm not going to mention that because she's not here to defend herself. Yes, so that's true. I can talk about it. Okay, and speaking of the AIE nomads, the most recent minor league game vote has come to a close, and the winner for the third time is Marvel Heroes. So, if you're looking for a quick, fun game to play with a bunch of AIE members, this is the one. However, the nomads aren't known for sitting still, and Lotwook has posted that the gang will also be playing world of tanks is that enough game for you yet wow yeah they're, they're not content with just one they're playing three right now two of them are minor league but yeah that's still the thing so uh actually no that is not enough uh aie is branching and i'm very pleased to announce into wildstar and we're pleased to announce that space admiral cav has been named the director of aie wildstar no news yet on what cav's plans are for the guild i know there's been a couple polls I believe we're playing Exiles, but I'm not positive of that. I, we will get confirmation. I'm sure he will be on the show in the next couple weeks. So when the Royal Decrees come down, we'll be the first to bring them to you. And I'm sure we will be talking to him within the next couple weeks. Seems yeah, we'll reasonable. Definitely need to get him on the show. Okay, we did not find any big news this week for AIE in Rift, Guild Wars 2, or oddly enough, Lotro, who almost always has news. So if you guys have something going on that we missed, and that would be my fault, I apologize personally, uh, please send it to us at podcast at AIE-guild.org, or of course, post in the forums, and I'll find it. And um, also, folks, uh, I'll, some people have been mailing me. Uh, which is fine, but if you want to make sure all of the hosts get stuff, please mail it to the podcast list. We all three are on it. Uh, that way, if one of us doesn't happen to be here and you sent a note to one of us specifically, it it becomes more problematic to for all the news to be disseminated. So um, 
we have uh nope, nope. oh you have your meetups yes. i have one more one more uh this is a quick one we've got one meetup on the books coming up in the next month and that is comic palooza comic uh, is it comic palooza comic palooza i would imagine comic, it's comic palooza but sure uh, in Houston, Friday, May 23rd at 5 p.m. So if you're anywhere near that area, please go to our meetup.com site to RSVP. And if you're not, go to our meetup.com site to create your own meetup so we can talk about it. So okay, now your turn. Before, yeah, sorry, I jumped a little ahead. I'm really excited. We have, Stu, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, we have, before we talk about Eve, we have a game code to give away. Uh, we awesome. are going to give away uh, Mirror's Edge which is a really fun, it's uh, sort of a free-running, like super fancy graphics, yeah. uh, free-running through the city. Uh, we have a Steam code to give away, courtesy of, uh, it's Demondin or Lorana, are the two names that they have given that uh, in various games, I know they play Final Fantasy because they've been very generous with their time and, and money, um, but Stu, who they are. you need to come up with a way, I maybe we should have mentioned this before the show. Nah, so come yeah, up, come up with a way in the chat channel that we can give away the code. Like th you can say they, the first person to say a word because we have about a minute delay. So th the first person, so it, it, it is a steam code. If you already have mirror's edge, you know, please obviously don't play because we would like to give it away to someone that doesn't actually have the game. But uh, Stu, do you have, do you have any idea how, how we could give this away? Yes, so oh, I okay. I am gonna I'm gonna pick a number between one and twenty. Okay, and I'm gonna type it to you guys in the chat in the notes here, so you guys know what it is. Okay, and then we're gonna have somebody guess it. We're gonna have everybody guess it in the chat. So they're gonna guess one number, one per person, please. Okay, uh, who wants it? And then you just it's gonna be one through twenty. So okay, so is, is it the, the the closest? Closest the closest, without going okay. over. Oh, with or who hits it? Wait a second, without $1, going over. $1. Come on, <laughs> this price is right, right now. <laughs> okay, so uh, right now, no, starting right now. Them, so we're good. All right, yeah, chat room starting right now. Pick a number from 1 to 20, go. Okay, we have the number. Stu has given us the number in the, the show notes, Wait, which you cannot that see. That number's got to be in English, right? That's not fair, putting it in Marian. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry, I, I thought I was allowed to put it in Amarian uh, numerals. No, no, between 1 and 20, 1 and 20, Max. I know 42 is the answer, but it is not the answer to this particular question. <laughs> so far, I haven't seen anybody get it yet. Yeah, so. not yet, not yet. We'll, we'll let it open for another, you know, 35 seconds, because that, be, that should be close enough. Pi is like also not Revenar, a number. Revenar uh, <laughs> put 17, and he was immediately undercut by Zephra. <laughs> 16. Uh, oh. Okay, we have all... Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it in in ten seconds. Yeah, this makes really good radio too, by Nine the way. Nine seconds, yeah. That's let's I'm, listen to everybody picking numbers. Oh oh okay okay five four three two one. Okay, it looks like we have Sybil. Woohoo! Is Sybil not the uh, the the closest? That's the one I saw. So okay. the secret number was four. And for those secret playing home. Ah! Oh, that's a secret word. Sorry. That's totally different. Yeah. That's <laughs> you just, you just showed your age there. Secret word with $100. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Matt, Sybil, I will Matt. send you, one, once we get once we get Stu off and running, I will uh, I will send you the, the code in the secret IRC chat that uh, I will send you the code. Please let me know if it works because he... he just copied and pasted these from his Steam account, and so they should all be valid. So we just want to make sure that that's you know that it is a valid code. And if not, we will give you something else. I have to point out, we said pick a number between one and twenty, and Max picked fish. Yeah, he also picked pie, which I don't believe is an actual no, I like number. Pie. <laughs> I mean, everyone likes pie. Don't get me wrong. So okay, so that's uh, so what is going on? In Eve, I yes. there has been so many things since I mean since I played, it might as well be a different game. You guys are in a completely different, you know, corporation, and just everything's going crazy. So, Stu, let, let us know what's uh, what's going on. Yep. So first off, I wanted to mention Hoots would love to be here, but apparently that you and him got in a kerfuffle about editing show notes, and he's apparently banned from the AIE podcast. <laughs> well, That's so. What he tells me. 
I don't mind the editing the show notes. I mind editing the show notes while I'm trying to read the particular sentence that they're editing. That's when it becomes more problematic. Oh, I, I don't even if I remember correctly. My favorite things to do. Yeah. yeah, he was he was moving the mouse like on a different screen or something, and somehow it, wires got crossed, and yes. it happened to be editing your page. I was like, hoots, hoots, stop messing with the show notes, hoots. <laughs> so yes. Um. So I wanted to. Well, first off, I wanted to cover two very important things coming up for, or well, one very important thing coming up for the Corp, and then I'm going to give a quick little rundown that we have of eFanFest, which just happened this past weekend, which is E's big BlizzCon-like thing. It's it, Everybody goes to Reykjavik, Iceland, and gets incredibly drunk and has a great time. Um, Ooh, first off, that. before we get into that, I wanted to get this right off the bat. There is a Corp State of the, or excuse me, a State of the Corporation on Friday, May 9th, which is tomorrow night, at 11 p.m. Eastern. So if you can make it, that'd be great. If not, it'll be recorded. Uh, I am unfortunately not going to be able to make it myself, but uh, Hoots and all the other officers will be there. So you can expect to hear more from them. And that's just going to clarify some stuff like our recent deployment, what kind of initiatives we've been doing in the background as far as our corp, um, what kind of restructuring we've done in the leadership, and also some... Uh, reinforcement of some deployment stuff that we're we're doing. Oh no, um, you you need to explain all that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I can we're do some. We're gonna be here a while. <laughs> I'm yeah. so confused with what's going on. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna do a quick rundown of what happened at eFanFest. I know we like to focus on AIE stuff, but there's some pretty cool stuff that got announced at FanFest. First and foremost, eValkyrie was announced as a big big game they they said it's potentially going to be done by the end of this year but they're actually going to wait until the um oculus and the morpheus hardware is finalized whenever that's finalized then they'll release it but as well as also katie stock uh Stackhoff, uh, aka starbuck on the reboot oh, wow. of Battlestar galactica is going to be doing the voice acting as the like the main female character whoa nice yeah that was a huge she's pull for awesome them, so shout out them. she's yeah. awesome and it is pretty cool because she dropped like f bombs like crazy on this pre-recorded video that she did. <laughs> oh man! So, um, but yeah, so, so the, don't watch this with your kids, folks. Yeah, but uh, the there's they had a couple keynotes. One is for the Eve Valkyrie. That's like I said, that's their VR that's going to be using either the Oculus Rift or the uh, or the the wonderful goggles that Akizad was just wearing. Like <laughs> my my uh, Jordy. LaForge yeah, Jordy LaForge VR goggles on the cheap. Or Sony VR. Uh, yes, now they mentioned uh, Eve has got to be the perfect place for a 3D game. Oh, that yeah, would that, be that really game cool. Is so well, beautiful. And so that was another big thing. So already back in E3 and actually last year when Valkyrie, which was introed as like less than 20 people were working on it at the time, it was kind of a pet project for some people. Now it's became a whole like separate, not division, but a whole separate game development and they've got a ton of money behind it and a ton of developers on it so now they're actually going to be they redid it all on the unreal engine it was previously using um some other engine i don't recall the name um so but now it's all going to be the unreal 4 engine which oh. is the, the new hotness and so it's pretty sweet uh there's a there's a new alpha video if it's not in my show notes now i'll make sure it gets in there by the time the show notes go out but and i've seen um, some some 4k resolution and 8k resolution pic like screenshots of the unreal engine uh, four and oh my word that if you have the graphics hardware to handle it it is a gorgeous gorgeous engine to be able to you know throw a game through so yes okay now just to clarify are you saying this is actually eve or is this a whole different game so um that's an interesting thing um so so for those that don't know ccp games the, the developer behind eve online um acquired the company called white wolf um Productions, I think, and they were the developers behind, or in the the company behind the, um, oh, it's like for me, World of Darkness, and the the whole, those Vampire Masquerade, I think, is the 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 MMO, or the the game. Anyways, that company, unfortunately, they they did stop development on World of Darkness MMO, but now they're transitioning to a complete Eve universe uh, kind of initiative. Oh. So Dust Five Fourteen, which is the PS3 first person shooter. And Eve Valkyrie, and as well as Eve Online, are all going to be in one Eve universe. Um, there's still a lot of up in the air. This is like a long-term plan. I, I would say probably like five to ten years of them all being completely connected and being able to trade between the three and so forth. Um, but they did mention at the final keynote, which they call CCP Presents, and they mentioned that 
at one point their their goal is to have one launcher for all three games. So you could just go from from either Dust 514, which um, they announced a PC version of Dust called Project Legion for now that they may potentially be bringing to uh, further development depending on how that works. But that will be a first-person shooter on the PC. And so you could switch from the same character you play in EVE, switch over to Project Legion playing uh, you know, first-person shooter, or switch to playing EVE Valkyrie, any of those three, where you could just switch in between them, kind of like jump cloning in EVE as it is today. So that was kind of an idea they threw out there, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there is, uh, so EVE is switching from their traditional two expansions a year, free expansions a year, to a smaller uh, agile cycle of about 10 updates a year. Um, and they're going to be smaller updates, and the first one is going to be called Chronos. That's going to be coming out June 3rd, I believe is the date. And so less than a month away. And we're looking at getting a ton of new ships, including a Tech 2 uh, mining co-ops uh, uh, ship called the Prospect, which is going to be able to cloak up covertly, use covert signals. Pretty cool little, interesting little um, ship because it, it basically is it's like a mining venture, which is, I think, what we showed at 1.4, where you can use a cheap little frigate but then you have the ability to do covert things with it, so it makes it uh, very interesting. Can you mine while you're cloaked? Uh, no, you can't, oh, you can't have any awesome. module active while cloaked, except for the the, the, the cloak itself. That Yeah, that'd be kind of hacks. Come on, Zod. Can, hey, can, I go exploring. I love my covert options. Well, of course, that's that's what that, of course you can go exploring because that's just flying around, but yeah. you can't interact with the world. That's, I think, where they draw the line. No, no, I mean, I, I run scanners, and I scan down wormholes and stuff and have a blast. Yeah, so beyond that, there's that. a ton of ship reskinnings that, for those that don't play, probably don't care too much, but there's <laughs> some pretty cool skin rebalance, uh, reskinning uh, of ships, as well as there's a whole new faction of ships that can be released of a pirate faction um, that, that look pretty cool. Um, as well as they're adding some cool things, which is going to include a new warp in and warp out effect. There's kind of like um, a sonic boom. As if like if you're oh, on nice. grid with a ship and it warps and, and another ship warps in, then you'll hear kind of like a like a little like pop. Which don't ask me how you hear stuff in space. That's not my uh, forte. There's but. there's <laughs> explosions too. So you know, come on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so th that that should be pretty interesting. I think that's kind of expanding on the previous things that they did, like being able to see warps in, um, you see the in-warp uh, visual as you go through the tunnel and so forth, as well as the Phoenix Dreadnought is getting rebalanced. It's kind of cool. And they're, they're refocusing on reworking the entire new player experience, trying to get away from doing just plain tutorials and trying to figure out a way, a better way to just let people... Uh, explore the world, but at the same time get them comfortable with EVE. And so th they didn't give too much into this, because remember EVE FanFest, this is kind of like the BlizzCon of of EVE universe, but they also generally will look years in, in advance. So, I mean, some of these ideas may potentially be... Um, oh, changed or... You know, four four gotcha. years in the making. Um, like, there's CCP Seagull is the executive producer of EVE Online, and she is as a, what they call a five-year plan where they plan to be able to make a lot of changes. Like one of the things they mentioned at FanFest is being able to destroy anything and everything in the game, including Stargates and, and being able to build them, of course, too. Wow. So it makes it very interesting to see how that's going to happen, especially with known kind of, um, I don't want to say hostile entities, but less than stellar entities that would like to just destroy all the gates in the game just to see what would happen, those sorts of things. So I'm curious how they'll handle that. And that's kind of came... Um, extension of the Rubicon expansion which allowed us to take more of HiSec back and so there's a if one of the final videos in my show notes or one of the final videos I have in my my notes here is the Eve Prophecy trailer which is amazing um, CGI video that they put together as kind of where they wanted to go um, storyline wise with Eve where the Capsuleers are banding together and going to try to create their own Stargate and where does that lead and all the existing Empires, the NPC empires, Amar, Glente, Kaldari, and Mimitar, are not very for that because they're losing their power. They're let, they're, you know, they're they're losing their grip on the universe, and so they bring in. There's there's this huge space battle, and you can see dust marines that get landed into a, sh a station or a ship. I don't remember which, and then they go. Mercenaries get to run in, and the the dust mercenaries are fighting on a ship, and then you have the Valkyrie pilots that are flying all through the air. It's, it's pretty awesome. Cool. Um, AFK but, watching video. 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I will actually drop that if actually if if anyone minds, odd, can you drop that in the chat for the people? Sure. Uh, but Watch then it also after the show, after the show. <laughs> one final one final thing I wanted to mention is the CSM nine, which uh, shameless plug. Uh, myself, Hoots, Lanktheris, and Kuda all interviewed like ninety nine percent of them who are running for the the Council of Stellar Management, and they're kind of like our elected officials that that get an inside scoop on any kind of changes or expansions that are coming along and they get to say, you know, this is not going to be good for this reason or we don't, we, they're going to try to tweak things to make them better for the player base as a whole. Okay, so cool. that was that entire, the whole new CSM nine was elected and announced at, well, they were elected previously, but they were announced at uh, FanFest. Now getting into Zod's questions. Yes. 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 Um, what in the world is going on in AIEU? <laughs> so, Last we spoke on the podcast, and I know Zod is familiar with most of this because he's been living some of this stuff. But last we spoke, as as we I think we announced on the podcast, we had left uh, Test Alliance. Please ignore and had joined the Brave Collective. Brave Collective and the Brave Newbies seemed like a really nice fit for us as in a corp and where we were and so forth. And so we joined them. Shortly thereafter, um, within okay, I would say interruption for the for the for the um... The word I can't think of. I just have to mention, <laughs> Brave Dojo is awesome. You guys who run Brave, Brave jo Dojo, you guys are amazing, and you've made the game a thousand times more uh, involved and intricate for me personally. So thank you all. Okay. So Brave Dojo is a like a training group that will help you either get ships and teach you how to use various types of ships. It's kind of like the um, test free that we used to have in tests where they would give you free ships, but they also give a really hard focus on teaching people stuff because them coming from brave newbies and brave collective, they want to be able to teach people how to use the various things that they can give them. Oh, so that's, that's, a cool that's thing. novel. That, that didn't really exist when I was there. No, <laughs> they're, they're like, here's a ship. Let's spend three hours. Let me show you how to use well, no, it. it was, hey, Gomez, join oh, the way. corp right away. Leave high sec. And it was like, I don't want to be a null sec yet. <laughs> and yeah, that's so that, that my experience, I think is a little different than Zod's has been. Yes, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> Although Stu, awesome. you were extremely helpful. I I do want to go on the record as saying you you helped transport me, like the entire. I think I was gone for a week from the game, and the entire fleet had moved to like a different quadrant, you know, quadrant of the universe. And you were like, "Oh no, we can totally get your stuff moved over." So you were extremely helpful in getting that done. But yeah, that was kind of like we're gonna throw you into the deep end of the pool. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, and I did want to mention, since it is being talked about in the chat room, um, that so at one day before FanFest, Eve unveiled a memorial or um, a monument, rather, not a memorial, um, that that was a monument to all of the Eve players, and it had every single player that is act, every single character, uh, main character, and they did that based off skill points. So, if, like each account, you can have three characters. So, whichever one had the highest skill points, they put that one on there. But they put all of them on these various plates on the bottom of the monument, and they put everybody's name on it, um, your in-game character name, not your personal name. And then they had this cool uh, monument that was put to, uh, that was put together, like post-modern art monument that was put together by I want to say it was an Icelandic, um, uh, you know, post-modern artist. Um, to to and they donated it to the the Reykjavik, um, Iceland city and so now it's just sitting there in like a Reykjavik uh, harbor as a permanent memorial to all of the Eve players. Oh, you mean um, a physical? It actually made a real yeah, yeah. memorial. Yeah, I didn't get it's it. real, real. It's about five. Wow. Oh, no, I'd probably say five to ten feet tall, give or take. Are you um, sure it, it wasn't Bjork that made the monument? Like she's kind of postmodern. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's three it's three different um, parts. There's a um, there's a reflective middle piece. There's a um, kind of a blackish round piece, and and it has various symbols that you can check out. I think it's just on eve.com or eve.com/monument, one of the two. Um, but anyways, so there was a controversy, and since they mentioned it in the chat, I wanted to mention it that somebody actually physically scratched out a player's name on there, vandalizing the monument, and wow. that person, you know, because Eve, you know has like serious drama and everybody That's the way it works, wants yeah. to take it to the next level. So that person was actually, well, the, the supposed three people responsible um, had like three or four accounts banned. It was uh, pretty crazy. Oh, by the way, breaking uh, AIE Ventrella is going to be down for the next 24 hours or so. Yes. Uh -oh. 
There, it's. I, I think that. Uh, I think Typefrag is having some server issues, so that um, that it will be down for a little while. Uh, we will post a link in the show notes about the outage. Uh, but anyways, back to the the what AIEU has been doing. So we joined Brave. We hung out in Barlogit, which is in Placid, um, which is a region. Barlogit is a system. We kind of hanging out there, having a good time, and then Brave decided to redeploy to Derelict. And when we redeployed to Derelict, we also became part of a coalition and called the Hero Coalition. And the Hero Coalition consisted of Brave Collective, Test Alliance Please Ignore, Nexus Fleet, and Honor, um, which I believe is Spaceship Samurai also called. And so that was a cool thing. Now we're a coalition of, I think, about 15,000 people, give or take. I, don't quote me on that number, but it's around there. Um, so... Uh, so now that we're in de- we're in derelict and we got paid by some rich benefactor we don't know we don't know it wasn't broadcast to us uh, line members but uh, we were paid uh, billions upon billions of is to go cause havoc in the catch region which was currently occupied by AAA and Darkness of Despair which are both Russian alliances that are um, well known in the game but they also had a number of uh, um, they also had some allies like. Uh, the Goon Swarm Federation and so forth. And uh, now, so, you know, in other words, the Cold War is heating back up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, <laughs> in, in real life and in, uh, in yeah. All right, Stu, can you repeat all that? I was looking at my name on the monument. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, by the way, so someone dropped in the chat. I will actually, if you can, drop that in the show notes for me. I, um, I... Okay, cool. Yeah, so there's a name finder. If you had an active carrier uh, character as of March 31st or March 1st, I don't remember exact date. Um, then they would have put your name up there as well, and you can. They have a, a website that you can just type in your character name, and it will show you it's on this plate in this row on this column, and, and they'll highlight it and everything. Nice. I found me, and I'm now I'm gonna. I'll put that in the uh, show notes as well. So you are immortalized. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a few hundred podcasts. Wasn't enough. I'm now on a statue <laughs> in a part of the country I'll never get to see. Um. So about mid. March to early April, Darkness of Despair, which is one of the Russian alliances, had a uh, disgruntled director that decided to disband the entire uh, alliance. Wow! When that happened, <laughs> they, yeah, there was a lot of back, you know, channel stuff that I'm is doesn't really important for this podcast. But the the main thing is once they did that, all of the systems that they owned, which they it wasn't all the systems in catch, but there was a handful of systems in catch, got immediately dropped sovereignty. And so that makes it really easy to take soft. Because normally you have to attack, uh, you have to put up SBUs, and then you have to put up an, uh, uh, and then attack the TCU or whatever it is. Sorry, soft mechanics are confusing. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's a whole long up. process. But when they did that, you get rid of all that process. All you have to do is basically you kill one thing, and then you take the re- that that system rather. So what we did is we rushed in, got those few systems. I, we got a handful, we meaning Hero Coalition, and then a number of other um, entities like uh, Pandemic Legion and other, so forth also got a number of the other systems that they had throughout the universe. When that happened, that that kind of started like Brave accidentally getting solved because Brave Alliance, or excuse me, Brave Collective never had soft after that point. They're always a low set corp. And they're one of the largest alliances in the game, but they'd never had soft because that, that's a very difficult thing to get into. Well, you have to maintain it. Yeah. It's not a, Hey, we have this and now we have it forever. It's you have to get it. And then you have to keep logistics to make sure every time sovereignty is eligible to change hands that you're there to defend it. Yep. And, and there's a whole soft bill involved. So you have to be able to make enough ish to pay off soft bill to, uh, DED or Concord or whoever it is. Oh, that space that. logistics. Yay. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a game, right? Yep. Okay. More or less. So, um, speaking of space logistics, I'll actually pop back into that. Um, we had to reorg a bit of our officer roles or our director roles since um, we were last on the podcast. Myself, I've been named the uh, uh, director of logistics. Hoots uh, or um, Hootenheim is, he is now the um director of HR and in our, our head Diplo, which basically means he's in charge of creating diplomatic incidents. Yeah, it's a game. And... It's a game, folks, but there's an <laughs> HR department. I'm just, you know, there you go. <laughs> yes. And 
Uh, beyond that, let's see what else we have. Uh, Lank Theris is our military director, and he has a subdirector underneath him uh, of uh, Raz Hoff, and uh, Lars is helping me out with the space logistics. And then we have a uh, head of our recons uh, slash um, info uh, security stuff, which is um, Kata, I forget his name, Catalari, um, but I can't remember. Or Solace Kane, that's it. Uh, but anyway, so we just had some rework of, of some some roles and uh, Kuda Timberline slash Veil Geek. He is our um, you know mining slash industrial. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say he director. has to be an industrialist so, because ever since I've known him, that is what he does. <laughs> so you'll be surprised though. Like the last last time I talked to him, he he's been losing a lot of bombers. He's been going out and having fun with the. Oh, okay, cool. And, you know. So, anyways, we got moved in the catch, and then so we got deployed on this thing called Burn Catch, which is to try to take over the entire region from AAA. And AAA is kind of a interesting alliance that I'm not going to get terribly into now, but they kind of ebb and flow of participation and what they want to do. So they'll take a region, and then they'll just kind of not do anything. So us in Hero Coalition, we're burning catch and trying to take it all and try to cause the most amount of disc damage in the process. And we don't care about losing, you know, ships and hundreds of ships. We're like, oh, okay. So it's just all fun games. But now, AIU and Hero Coalition, along with Brave Collective and Test and everybody else, are now moving to VTAC 3, which is in the middle or the heart of Catch. This will allow us to get even further into Catch to take over the rest of the region. AIU specifically is going to be um, deploying to, I think this is the right system name. I, I typed it from memory QETZ DAC. Uh, w, which is a wonderful null stack system. <laughs> oh, so so for those of you it's listening at home, time of year. if, if you're listening to Eve people talk about where they are when they say TAC, that is a dash. So earlier he said VTAC3, that is actually V-3 for like you typing it on your keyboard. It's just faster to say, and I think it is the standard like phonetic sound for dash. So just, you know, that confused me a lot when people, when I first started playing the game and I quickly figured it out. But yeah, that's, that's what that actually means. Yes, correct. So beyond that, um, looking forward to the future and I'll get to Zod's questions here in a moment. If I haven't answered it yet, but hopefully I might've gotten one or two. What do we want to do and catch? I don't get it. Um, well, sovereignty is an interesting thing because you can make lots of money in sovereignty space. Once you start ratting, for example, you start doing missions and, and so forth or doing anomalies in, in uh, sovereignty null sec, you can actually build up what's called the military index and make it more valuable the more sites spawn. And then you can actually build um, uh, sovereignty um, upgrades that will allow you to uh, get even better at it. So I think there's a like a pirate capture array or something like that. And that will allow you to actually cause more sites to spawn in a given area. So what this does is allow you to be able to get milk more isk out of that particular system. And so that is kind of why sovereignty is so nice. Among other things, and just a lot of fun too of, of having Sov. Getting, getting Sov is kind of a pain in the butt because there's a lot of killing stuff and and, and structure bashing and so forth but actually having solve like we did back in the test days and so forth can be very very fun now see i've been cloaking around trying to explore and find data relic sites and i can't find anything around that area <laughs> yeah i've not been found Sorry, i don't God. do much exploration in catch personally um yet but i've heard that catch is has so far hasn't had a great deal of of sites spawning and i don't know if it's just because of the region or just because people aren't running it so it's not spawning i don't know the quite how that mechanic works um but yeah, so I did want to point out also the Crow Vanguard, which is kind of um, sp spawned from one of our members. Um, he wasn't a member at the time, but he joined us, and now he's cool. Uh, Dimitri, who started Crow Vanguard, is a world wormhole day tripping. We converted him. And we wormhole no, he wasn't day cool until he joined us, but now he's cool. Yeah, well, now he's way more cool, because right? he's an AIE. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, of course. Um, so he he joined us. Um, he already had this Crow Vanguard thing going, which is like a social group where they ran day trips. And now I would kind of equate this to like a raid in WoW. It's not exactly the terms. Like it won't equate one-to-one. -one, but in what you do is you find a good wormhole or a good anomaly that you want to go into, and then you get up enough pilots in this case, 
and you get enough DPS, you get enough Lodgy or healers, you know, so to speak, and then you get a few scouts and a, a, a salvager, and then you bring them all into the wormhole, and you have a scout watch, you know, various things. You have the salvager come in and salvage things when the DPS are done, and of course the space priests or the Lodgy keep the DPS ships up when, when they get attacked. And so that's all that's all isk making. So you can make lots of this doing that. And that's one of the things that we as a corp are facilitating through our helping Dimitri doing some various things as well as helping ourselves. Like what we've been doing is putting ships on contract for a little bit of profit on our side, but we bring them out we bring them out from a trades hub, we fit them all together and then we sell them back to the Crow Vanguard. So they get a little. They don't have to put up the whole ship, and then it saves them time. We get a little isk in this process. Wow! Yeah, this is a game, folks. It's a game. So, <laughs> all right, Zod, what are your yeah. questions? Hey, hit him with some questions, Zod. Come that, on. That, that was basically it. this whole this whole move to catch. The first question, of course, was why, which I think <laughs> you, you answered. We want to get sovereignty there. Uh, the second is where can I find sites because I tend to log in and for whatever reason I tend to have to solo a lot. I have to. I tend to solo a lot because I really enjoy flying my my cloak my covert op ship around and 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 exploring, scanning down sites, uh, and I seem to miss miss a lot of the fleets that go out. And it's just probably because of my schedule. So I'm sitting around catching like this is you know kind of boring. I was having fun over in Sendaya. Yeah, so the the way to find sites, and it, it really depends what you're doing, and I haven't quite nailed down the ratting and catch thing because I've been busy with space trucking, space logistics. Um, cause and we have to explain that, by the way. We have to explain never lets do. me sleep because um, he wants me to move stuff from one side of the universe to the other so that AIE can make money, apparently, because we've got to make money in this game or something. Money? What's that? What fun is that? Oh, wait, that or, kind of helps isk. the game be. Sorry, yeah. Isk. Yeah. you got to make Isk. Oh, and, and just, for, uh, just for those of you, so if you are thinking of joining AIEU, if you are already a member of AIE, you, you are, you know, a quarter of the way there already, the process is a little more stringent. They need to make sure you're not a spy from another uh, corporation. Actually, no? If I may. Yes, no, please we do. Are, um, we are very, very open nowadays. We've, we've oh. changed stuff around. Um, just, I mean, the we... We may give you a second look if you've been playing E for like 10 years and you're like, hey, I want to hey. join AIE. <laughs> <laughs> we well, might give you a second look. Unless you're going to give the character or you've been in yeah. AIE for a while, or, you know, you're just going to get press button. You know, it's it's not a big deal. We don't do interviews unless oh, you're a really okay. shifty person. We just kind of let you all in. So, um, And speaking of letting everybody in, once we let you in, then you get access to our corp hangar. Um, which will allow you to get all of our wonderful ships to to borrow or use and get blown up. And if you get blown up, go ahead and just get another one and blow it up because that's what it's there for. Yeah. Yeah. Day one. Day one in the game, Lang's like, "Oh, here's ten rifters. <laughs> just kind of contract me every ten rifters. I, I still have eight of them left. I've only blown two of them up yet." Well, then you, not, Zod, you're doing too. it wrong. <laughs> they're they're yeah. not covert ops. Now that I'm, now that I finally got my covert ops skilled up, I love that that ability just to. Oh, look, I fly into a bubble. All right, no, so what? I'll just turn right around and fly back out. They never saw me. Um, Dominic's do work in catch, uh, Max. I'm still, as I said, getting my getting the hang of how exactly Raddy's going to work in catch the pirates or Sancho pirates. If you actually look in uh, the AIE New Eden forum, there's actually a thread right now of ratting and catch where uh, Lars and some other people are talking about how best to go about ratting in catch right now and I'm trying to work out some fits and stuff so now, it's a learning process for a lot of ratting? us pardon can you can you rat solo uh if you have enough skill points usually yes um lower levels ratting is you could probably do but it probably won't be very profitable yeah, yeah it's, to... it has to it, it ramps up pretty quickly once you actually get enough firepower but i was basically following around uh, two people that were doing ratting and I was cleaning up all their salvage and I was making a killing. I think, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a ton, but I was making like 17, 18 million isk every time I went out and that was oh, accumulating man. pretty rapidly. And I, I was not super skilled, but I had kind of gone up the, I want to pilot the large mining and salvage ships tree. And so I was able to, you know, pilot stuff and have sufficient skill to be able to do so. So there are certainly means that you can, but yeah, ratting by yourself when you're first starting out is going to be, you know, a limited profit venture simply because you're going to get blown up from time to time. Yeah, that's where those first yeah. two rifters went. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and part of it is learning what you can do and can't do. And uh, there's a number of resources in Eve Uni or, or UniWiki, which is a great resource put on together by the Eve University guys. Um, they have a, a very detailed Wikipedia or wiki that they keep up to date about various things. And there's a there's a scale to all the, all the content in Eve. And based off the name that you see, like in the anomaly, it will increase the, the complexity of the site. So like the lower level ones you can do in like a rifter or a frigate or a destroyer. And then the higher level ones as you go up, you can go to like cruisers, battle cruisers, battleships, and then potentially even like carriers or high really high level capital stuff. So um, that it has a scaling to it, but like Gomez said, it, it at the lower level, it's not as profitable. So you're better off finding something else that you can do fun. Like for example, I I'd really point a lot of people to Crow Vanguard day tripping because you can do that in approximately two to three days. You can get the skills in to to be able to salvage. Um, DPS is a little bit more difficult, um, but the salvager you just go in. You have to be able to fit a cloak and a destroyer and, and some salvagers. But other than that, it's pretty straightforward. Are you, and are, you, are we? Uh, is this the same guy that you would just make a contract to, and he would pick up your stuff and give you money? Is he still doing that? Um, he's around. So okay. we, as I mentioned, we're in Hero Coalition with Test Alliance. So okay. he was actually in Test, um, and you oh. still use him um, in Test. Um, but yeah, so he's around. Uh, cool Beans is one of the guys. He does a great service. Um, there's another a couple of guys around as well that kind of do a, a salvage buyback that they'll buy it at like 90% of Jita prices and um, you know not let you like uh, or not have to ship it all the way back to Jita and deal. Yeah, with Yeah, exactly. The they, they deal with the shipping. They deal with the logistics. They but they take you know like basically 10%. And for me, that was totally worth it to make. I'm still making 15 to 17 million every shipment. So that seemed pretty reasonable to me. Now, speaking of logistics, we have to talk about what Stu does in the game. <laughs> Space trucking! Yeah, Stu, right, you want, yes. you want to explain what you a lot of what I've been doing lately in the game is what's called space trucking, and this can vary depending on what type of ship you're flying. I do it... I On the low end, I'll do it in like a blockade runner, move stuff around just from system to system, but when I need to get large amounts of stuff moved around, like when Hoots is bugging me um, to move his his moon mining stuff around, I have to get what's called a jump freighter. And it, as the name implies, it jumps around. And I think we've mentioned a little bit before, it's a capital ship, um, so it's a larger ship. And once you get to the larger class ships, they have the ability to, they have a jump drive that allows you to lock on to a, a Sino. When a Sino is a Sino sort of field, which is, as they describe it in game, is it's like a gravity well that the jump drives can lock on to to go to a particular place. So as... What I do is I take stuff from point A and bring it to point B and then hand it off to someone else who either does something with it or brings it to somewhere else, and then they make money on it. And then that's kind of what I do in EVE. I know when we deployed from Barlagut over to Sundaya, uh, I think, was anybody else besides you trucking all of our gear over? Um, I had some help from Hoots. Um couple nights I had some help with from Stig and some other guys in the capitals um, but we moved about um, was, it, was it 15 15 million or 15 or 20 million m3 which is meters cubed it's just the 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 measurement uh, the cargo measurement, measurement yeah. yeah yeah and we each each carrier can only carry about a million m3 per jump or per load so it was four jumps about 15. 15 to 20 million M3, so that's like almost 100 jumps between everybody. Wow. <laughs> um, and, and it occurred to me, for, for the World of Warcraft players who've never played EVE, I'll explain uh, the, the weird aspect of this game. There you there are banks in every city. We'll just call them cities. Um, but they're not connected. So you may have a ton of gear in one bank and it's, say, um, uh, Thunder Bluff, and then suddenly you want to take it down to Undercity. Well, you you have to go to Thunder Bluff, get it out of the bank, put it in your bag, carry it to Thunder to um Undercity, and then put it in the bank. Try there. not to get ganked by the alliance exactly. on the way. Undercity. <laughs> exactly, and it's a PVP server. People can oh. kill you along the way and take your gear. Well, it's not even like you have to not be ganked by the alliance. It's you. It, it picture there are forty factions 
and you have to not get ganked by any of them because it's not just one enemy. There, there are many, many, many different things that that are looking to yeah. get your stuff. And uh, and also, it's it's not so much that it's that you can have your stuff in Thunder Bluff, and then all of a sudden Thunder Bluff is not owned by the Horde anymore. Your money is still safe inside Thunder Bluff, but you have to be able to get it out of Thunder Bluff. So yeah, th- there is a whole bunch of like the WoW analogy kind of breaks down because. The Horde never loses control of its cities other than, you know, for PvP reasons, for 20 minutes. It's not a thing where you can lose control of, oh, we no longer can go to Mulgor because we'll get killed. Like, that that's sort of what EVE can, that's what can happen in EVE. And that's one yeah. of the reasons I think uh, people move from place to place. Well, and, and what's interesting in EVE, though, is, is, like, we were doing an operation the other day and we were let's just say doing some stuff that was kind of risky i won't get into details but um we were in a quiet no sex system not too many people or it was just the three of us or three or four of us like huh was like no like actually was not involved <laughs> thankfully because i think that increased our chances of oh man like you have been called out <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, we were doing something kind of, uh, risky and anytime anybody came in the system, we had to look at them and see if they were a potential threat or if they're going to do anything to us because of the, the stuff we had on field and we were doing. Um, but what's interesting in Eve is it's not even that you have to worry about just horde. You have to worry about if you are horde, what about people who are trolls coming over? Are they oh. are they okay? So we like <laughs> had some people come in system who were maybe like ten day old characters or ten days in the the, the a similar our, our coalition, and we are like, okay, so is this guy going to try to do anything? You know, we're like watching, trying to to get any intel we can on this. So it's a very intense uh, process, the world of Eve. Um, it's very rewarding, and I, I think I mentioned it before, but I'm totally going to pimp it again and say the capstable.net yes. is our podcast. If you want to hear us jabber about podca- um, Eve Online for, for about an hour every week. Yeah, I, I actually just finished listening to the last episode, and I'm waiting uh, impatiently for the next one. <laughs> yes, that, that happens. So, Stu, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we uh, close the show out here? Uh Nope, I think that's it. Just a friendly reminder that there's the uh, Corp State of the Corporation uh, tomorrow night. Uh, that's May 9th, I think. Yeah, May 9th at 11 p.m. Eastern. And yeah, if you Ventrilo? can attend, I will. If assuming Ventrilo is up, yes. <laughs> uh, if it's not, I assume we might reschedule it to or move it to the um, Brave Alliance or excuse me, Brave Collective's uh, Mumble server which is we have our own channel in there as well. So just keeping an eye out for that, we might update that. But um, Yeah, so check that out if you can make it. Otherwise, we will record it um, and hopefully get that out as quickly as possible. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up there. That's our show for this evening. We want to thank Stu for joining us, Stu. Um, so capstable.net, I, I typed the things in the show notes. I just want you to confirm they're correct. Capstable.net and at underscore stupergenius are your, uh, that's your website and Twitter handle, respectively. Yep, and actually, cap, at Cap Stable as well for the show. If you want to follow that. Oh, okay, cool. We will. Okay, I gotta ask. Over. Does that mean Stupid Genius was taken? The yes, the apparently. The, well, there's an interesting thing. Uh, I don't want to take too long. There's somebody <laughs> in like um, somewhere in Asia who has the same who took Stupid Genius, but then also in Florida where I live, there's also a rapper named like Stupid Genius or something like that. Wait, that that's not you. <laughs> No, man. You're not laying down the fat rhymes. That's that's unfortunate. Wow, I could not have sounded any less hip just saying yes. that just now. <laughs> so next week we will be chatting with the gang from World of Warcraft, the crown jewel of AIE. All right, but stay tuned. We've got a full ride of great AIE member segments coming right up, including Overly Dramatic News, Buxley's Journal, Ask Miss Mulgra, Much Lesser Known Shaws, Azeroth Archives, Meg Minute, and... Hailing frequencies. What a show. If you need to reach us, we can be found at podcast at AIE-guild.org. Our Twitter is at AIE Podcast. I am at Show Not Found. Accuzod is at Accuzod. And Aludra is at Aludra underscore AIE. We record live with video every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can join into the chat room and play along with us or watch one of our past shows on our website at theaiepodcast.com. I would wholeheartedly recommend chat channel. You can get, you know, 
free stuff during the show. I'm just saying, just saying. So our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys With Soul or visit his website at keyswithsoul.com. Congratulations on being a member of AIE, one of the largest and most fantastic gaming communities on the planet. Now, because AIE is so large, there is a very good chance that one of your fellow members may be living right next door. What if I told you there was a place where all of the information pertinent to you could be accessed in one easy-to-navigate website, a one-stop shop to organize meetups for BlizzCon, DragonCon, Nerdtacular, or even a small get-together at the local pub. Go to www.meetup.com slash alea-eocta-est-gaming-community and register, put in your location, and you'll have access to all of the latest events that AIE has to offer. That's www.meetup.com slash alea-eocta-est-gaming-communities. AIE, where all the nice people on the internet are. War Chief's words harm Horde Harmony. It's the overly dramatic news. I'm Hunts the Wind. Garage Hellscream has made no secret at all of his belief in orcish superiority, but one would have thought that with his allies falling away bit by bit, he would be more circumspect when it comes to offending those who still support him. Apparently his hubris is stronger than his common sense, however, as the contents of a letter from him to one of his war maiden friends reveal. The missive, which was intercepted yesterday by rebel infiltrators, is one long diatribe against the goblins. He accuses the war maiden of spending too much time with the pint-sized merchants and rogues, having poor portraits done with them, and even inviting them to the private observation spots high in the walls of Orgrimmar to watch the siege battles outside. Most of his letter is unquotable in a family broadcast, but suffice it to say that his opinion of goblins is far lower than their already diminutive height. The rebels have printed hundreds of copies of the letter and fired them into the city via catapult. This has had some effect, as reports tell us that the goblin merchants have suddenly found themselves out of stock on several critical war supplies. At a news conference earlier today, a Horde spokesork was asked if Garrosh would apologize for his insensitive remarks. The Orc's reply of, make the warchief apologize, you and what army, was cut off by the boom of a battering ram slamming against the gates, followed by an uncomfortable silence. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. This is not the Buxley you're looking for. Welcome to Buxley's Journal. Are you frustrated by members of the opposite faction swooping in to grab that mining node away? Have you gotten into arguments with people on your own faction about who was at the mining node first and have been unable to come up with an equitable agreement about how to split the node? Just plain tired of all the competition. From the company that brought you Fell Reaver Boxer Shorts and Fried Kodo on a really big stick, we present Fizzpark's Fake Mining Nodes. Each of Fizzpark's fake mining nodes comes with a beacon that make it show up just like a real mining node. Just place one of these fake mining nodes down and watch the fun. Hey, where's that node? Oh, there it is. <laughs> what the heck? Hey, this is fake! And if you're interested in a permanent solution to your mining problems, get Fizzpark's deluxe fake mining nodes. I always beat people with my fast flying mount. <laughs> I'll get all the notes in this whole area. What the heck is that? You have accessed a restricted mining node. What is this? You have five seconds to leave the area. But this is my mining node. I got here first. I'm not going anywhere. You have failed to comply. Uh-oh. And then it resets itself for the next person to come along. Just visit Fizzpark's House of Gadgets and we'll get you set up. Ha <laughs> ha! Fizzparks, we've got what you need! If you'd like to see what I'm up to, follow Ask Buxley on Twitter. Thrumka, and welcome to Ask Miss Mulgra, your source on matters of etiquette in Azeroth. Today's question is, 
How can I capture very small battle pets before I accidentally step on them? It is, of course, important not to step on your battle pets before you capture them. The tiny ones can be quite fragile. Their diminutive size makes them difficult to see, so you may want to purchase a pair of gnomish goggles. These can be a hard-to-get item for some members of the Horde, but I recommend just adding them to your regular shopping list when you go for custard at Nomregan. You may need someone to operate them, so pick up a gnomish engineer at the same time. Now, just tie the gnomish engineer, wearing the goggles, to the end of a stick longer than the size of your feet. If you hold her out in front of you, she can identify the tiny battle pets for you before you stomp on them. Note, however, for this method to work, you may have to promise not to turn the engineer into custard. I am Miss Mulgrim, and that is my advice. Oh, come on, gosh. Follow at Miss Mulgrim on Twitter, or listen to previous episodes at MissMulgrim.com. Greetings, this is Rastlin presenting another installment of our ongoing informational series, Other, Much Lesser Known Shahs of Pandaria. Tonight, the Shah of Gullibility. This Shah is, by far, the most absolutely easiest to defeat of all encounters in Pandaria, and probably the whole of Azeroth. It is very possible to defeat this Shah with an undergeared group, a group short on personnel, or even a group entirely in the wrong spec. The rewards for trivially defeating this boss include nothing but epic items, and twice as many as any other encounter. So seriously, brave adventurers, put your minds at ease and bring lots of friends to confront this complete lack of danger and lethality. Just come in for some quick loot. Nothing can possibly go wrong. We now return to your regularly scheduled, I can't believe they fell for it, again, Raid Wipe, already in progress. Hello, this is the Azeroth Archives. I am Adaristus, chief explorer for the Archives and Forsaken Rogue extraordinaire. Since I've been in the Blade's Edge Mountains a lot lately, and the hammer-swinging alien is out of town, I thought I'd take a look at his books and see if they have anything interesting to say about the area. For the most part, nope. Spiky mountains, ogres, grawn, dragon corpses, nothing you won't find out stealthing around stabbing things. But I did find out that what's now called the Blade's Edge Mountains used to be two regions on Draenor, but Frostfire Ridge and Gorgrond got smashed together when the planet was destroyed and Gorgron was the original home of the Blackrock clan of orcs. You've probably met him if you've been to Blackrock Mountain in the Burning Steps. So what do you know? I guess the Space Squid's books are worth some- I told you not to touch my books. Ow. Can I get a res? A tentacle face, give me a- No. Guess I'll have to call a priest to get me put back together. Until then, Dark Lady, watch over you. Follow at Azeroth Archives on Twitter and visit azeroth-archives.tumblr.com. Has anyone seen my spine? Welcome back to another Mega Minute with Mega Code, a mini cast on all things Holy Paladin. For those that have boosted to 90 their first ever Holy Paladin, for the next few weeks I'll be covering our talents. We'll start off with our level 15 talents, which give us a boost to speed in one shape or form. So the first one, Speed of Light, gives us an increase to movement speed by 70% for 8 seconds. This has a 45 second cooldown. Great for moving away from Amercius's Swirl, Fox Fixate, and Garrus's Desecrated Weapon. Long Arm of the Law. This gives us a 3 second boost to speed by 45% with every successful judgment. 
Personally, I have never found any use for this in the current PvE content, but heard of some holy paladins making use of this talent while specced into Selfless Healer. Our third level 15 talent, Pursuit of Justice, is a passive talent giving us a constant 15% boost to movement speed. In addition, we can gain 5% movement speed for each current charge of holy power, up to 3. For me, it was a toss-up between Speed of Light or Pursuit of Justice. If the fight truly benefited from needing a quick aggressive boost to speed, then Speed of Light was my go-to talent. All other fights I'd go with Pursuit of Justice mainly for that passive 15% boost to movement speed for sidestepping out of the bad. So I hope this helps those new to Holy Pally Medicine. Next minicast, level 30 talents. If you're on Twitter, come follow me at FFPMark with a C or check out my blog page at HealingSpec.com. AIE and Star Trek Online and handling frequencies are open. In Star Trek news, uh, Star Trek Online is giving away two free ship slots to all existing characters. This is coming up uh, very soon, so you might want to hop on, make sure that you have characters in the game ready to go to accept two new free ship slots. And you might need them because they've recently released a new escort with an engineering bent. It's a patrol and also a fleet patrol or fleet version of the patrol escort. Uh, the nice thing about this is it has five tactical console slots as well as a permanent rear-facing weapon. So there's three weapon slots and an additional permanent one. So basically four forward-facing weapon slots as well as four rearward-facing slots. And that's sure to pack quite a punch. If you head down to the forums, you can check out Captain Hunter's walkthrough of the new Earth space dock. Short video I took, uh, just walking through the Earth space dock, showing off the different aspects of it, so feel free to hit the forms for that. And the big news in May is the Nomads are coming. That's right, Nomads will be hitting Star Trek Online in May, starting this weekend, I believe coming on the 9th. A uh, couple of them have been in a bit early, but feel free to hit the forms, sign up, get your mommy application in, Get a fleet invite. Nice thing about fleet invites is you don't need to be on when they're sent. You can just log in and there should be one sitting there waiting for you. Hop in, get started, and enjoy all the Star Trek online fun with us and the Nomads for the month of May. That just about does it for me. I'll see you around the spaceways. Until next time, AIE, this is Gomez. This is Accuzod. And this has been the AIE Podcast. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!